Hey, this is Blake from the band Saul, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 294 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here. We've got a cool one this week because we've got Blake Bedsall, the lead singer of Saul. Very cool band out of Iowa that's been making some waves over the last year or so, and their brand new album just came out. So we're going to talk to Blake about all that. Before we do, we're also going to talk about other stuff. Right. Of course. Yeah. We've got a, some music that came out recently. Right. And we're going to play, actually. We're play, gonna play a couple songs. Yeah. But before we get into all that stuff, I'm going to let you know who sponsors this podcast. And that would be Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. They've got a big selection. You can see it all at leafly.com. Follow them on Facebook or Instagram. That's at MedFarmOK. That's P-H-A-R-M. They run a lot of specials. One of the specials that they always run is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. And on top of all that, 30% of all their proceeds go to build no-kill animal shelters. So That's great. Yeah. And did you know that Broken Arrow has more Karens per capita than any other town in the United States. Has that been proven now? I, I, I saw it on Google. I saw it on the internet, so I asked for oh, I would have just thought if there... I figured that'd be in the top ten, but I thought maybe Owasso would be number one. Well, yeah, Owasso would probably be... Th- there might be neck and neck. Yeah. Okay. You, you know how to chill out of Karen? <laughs> Go to Med Farm. <laughs> yes. And that get is their, awesome. Yeah, get their cards so we can chill them all out. Chill them all out. Okay. <laughs> you know. Right. It's okay, Karen. It's a public park. They can have a picnic. Calm down. <laughs> Go to MedFarm. <laughs> right. MedFarmOK.com. That's their website. Tell them we sent you if you go by. Of course, get your discount. All right. Sunset Tattoo is a tattoo shop located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Give them a call, shoot them a message, get over there, sit down, have an appointment, talk about what work you need to be done. They do all kinds of great work. It's all on their Facebook and their Instagram, which is at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Jake and his crew have over 25 years of experience. The tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. And above all else, they are mother approved. So get over to Sunset Tattoo and tell them Thunder Underground sent you. Also, Hella Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can see them all at hellahothotsauce.com. If you're on the West Coast, they sell them in a lot of stores out there. But if you're anywhere else in this country or even this world, get on hellahothotsauce.com and get something shipped to you. They have some collaborations they've done. They've got one called Brain Jerk that they did with Ghoul. And they've also got one that they did with Florida Frank from Hate Breed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. So check both those out. And, of course, tell them we sent you as well. And finally, we've got Med... Uh, not Med Farm. We already talked about them. Finally, we've right. got DEV Concerts. Hey, you got this, man. <laughs> You'd figure after doing this 150 times, or hadn't been that long, but, you know, 100... I don't know. We've had four sponsors. <laughs> That's actually only been a few months, but... Right. Regardless. DEV Concerts. There you go. Promoter based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They brought a lot of great acts to the area. A lot at the Ideal Ballroom downtown Tulsa. They also booked a roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma. They've even booked shows at the BOK Center like Snoop Dogg. More recently, Poison. That one got postponed. To keep up to date on info on anything that's rescheduled, debconcerts.com. And also follow them on Facebook and Twitter at debconcerts. We will also keep you up to date, as always. Coming up here on December 12th at the IDL Ballroom, Lita Ford will be returning. But this time, she will be acoustic. So it'll be a nice social distance show. They've got tables out there for everybody to sit down, have a good night. Lita Ford with Patrick Kennison playing acoustic. And Palandria will be opening that show, and they will also be acoustic. And nice. Eddie Trunk will be there. Right. He won't be acoustic, but he will be hosting the show. And yeah. Taking pictures and all that great stuff that Eddie Trunk does. Trunk Nation. That's right. Get out there, check out that show, 
like I said, follow DUB Concerts so you're kept up to date on all their future shows as well. Alright, since we're going to play two songs, let's just jump into one right now. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's go right here first off the bat with Shelter in Place. This is a brand new band. As you could guess, you know, from the name, aptly titled, because this band actually formed during the pandemic. Exactly. It's got some members of a few of our area bands around here in Tulsa and Oklahoma as well. Right. You remember Reliance Code? Solidify? Yeah. Uh, Alter Blood? Right. All those bands are represented here. Right. So let's jump into this. This is Shelter in Place with their debut single, Lose Control. Control from Shelter in Place. Brand new song. Just came out this past week. You can follow them on Facebook. It's at Shelter in Place Band. So get on there and give them a follow. Man, that's a great song. I thank you if you're listening to this because you like Saul. This would be a good band to check out. Definitely. Killer solo on it and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, great solo. Great production. Yeah, if you are here because of Saul, this shit is right up your alley. So uh, enjoy. Uh, you can even like hit that 10 second back button like 40 <laughs> times and listen to the song again right now if you want. It's fine. Yeah, as long as you keep going forward. Yeah, after that, just keep going. <laughs> but yeah, you can 
buy that song, of course, which is what we you know like to promote here. Help these right. bands out, especially during this time. Get on their Facebook, give them a follow. You can check that song out pretty much anywhere you can hear music these days streaming. So check that out, and of course, tell them we sent you. All right, so Blackstone Cherry. Let's get into it. The Human Condition, new yes. album, just came out. Yeah, it literally came out this past Friday, October 30th, the day before Halloween. Right. We've got a new album from Blackstone Cherry. It's probably, I don't know, I didn't look into it. You know, a lot of these bands that have albums coming out now, some of them actually recorded stuff during this, and other ones had this stuff sitting around for the last six months. I don't know which Blackstone Cherry did, but regardless, it doesn't matter because new Blackstone Cherry is always a good time. Right. Actually, remember earlier this year we got an EP from him, right? The Back to Blues 2? Or was that last year? I can't remember. Um, Regardless. Yeah, to my detriment, I, I left my phone in the other room. And <laughs> I, I, my whole thing about this record was, and I think, you know, just because, you know, I've known you since the first fucking grade, I think <laughs> we probably are on the same page about this record. Yeah. Um, I think there are some astounding moments on this record. Uh, Ride, The Chain, uh, Thank You. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Live This Way, yes. I think those are... I think, you know, the first half of this record is just as, as good as anything they've ever done. It's as good as any, you know, White Trash Millionaire or Blame It on the Boom Boom. It's better than that. That is definitely the positive. Um, it loses me on the second half of the record. You know, In Love With The Pain is so catchy, and it's got a great solo. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and also, I have to say, Chris Robertson, his voice is just fucking so badass. He could sing anything. You know, I really liked the kind of more rootsy, organic kind of direction they took in the last album. Um, but at the same time, you know, none of this is for me, it's for them. And this is where they kind of, this is where they wanted to go. Having said all that, it doesn't matter. It's a great <laughs> record and it's better than a lot of the hard rock that's out there right now on the radio. That's kind of my take on it. Don't Let Me Down cover. Oh yeah. I would rather heard another original song right. from them. But whatever, it's okay. You mean don't bring me down? Don't bring me down. Don't whatever. But uh, you know what? And and fuck me, I didn't even know who did that song. I've heard it for years. I had to Google it. It's like ELO, right? Yeah, it's ELO. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh yeah, because I never really dug them anyways. So, <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. Well, let's talk about that song for a second. Like, I saw the track Maybe list. Have to. I kind of scanned through and saw the track list, and, and I still didn't even think that was a cover because that's not. Something I would ever relate to Blackstone Cherry covering. It's a, it's a general title, too. Yeah. Because I remember when it started, I'm like, oh, this kind of beat is like that one. Oh, fuck, they're doing that song. <laughs> you know? But when it, yeah, when it started and he starts the, the lyrics, I'm like, okay. And I like the verses of it. But the chorus just, I don't know. It wasn't bad, but it just... It didn't have the same pop as the original did, and I love well, the original see, song. See, that's the thing is, I don't even, I've never even dug that original song. Okay, I've never even dug that song. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, you know, I, I completely just, I'm honest right here. I feel guilty for being like, eh, this one didn't really connect with me as much as the last one did. I feel bad. Well, now if but a band then again, has, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of this band no matter what. The band has six or seven albums out. You know, I mean. Majority of the time, there's going to be something you don't connect with as much. You true, know? true. So you know, I, I think the first five or six songs are just gold. Yeah, I mean, I'm the exact same way. That was my actual my thought was like the right. beginning of it, kind of like if this was the old days. Yeah, like you said, side A maybe mm -hmm. was a lot stronger than the rest of it. But I did love the the final track. Keep keep on keeping on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of in the same spirit as the final track on their first album, Rolling On. Okay. But not, you know, obviously it's not as good as that, because that's one of their greatest songs of all time. Right. Honestly, yeah, one of the best songs that's came yeah. out in the last 15 years. You can't, it, it's, <laughs> uh, what is it Ice-T says? Unfuckwithable. Right. <laughs> you can't, you can't fuck with that song. Right. But see, my thing is, I've, we talked about this on the last album, I liked 
that album. I like the the sound, but you know, when I loved Blackstone Cherry, it was always kind of the songs I went to were the heavier ones. Like I get that. Maybe someday, Killing Floor, Killing Floor, yeah, just whatever, anything off the first album or second album. But that's not that doesn't really mean anything, like you said, because yeah. they're they've really over the last few years really excelled at this kind of style. Like right. I brought it up. I don't know, a few weeks ago, I remember talking about, like, Burning from the last album. Yeah. I think is one of their best songs ever. And well, that, I agree. That kind of mid-tempo, kind of bluesy rock sound is what they excel at, and there's a lot of that on here. Well, and see, that's what, and I, I, I've i talked about on this podcast, I've talked about just with you just in general. I I always liked the bulk of their their music, and the singles were kind of what bummed me out. The blame it on the boom boom and the white trash millionaire. It's like you guys are too good for this, you know. <laughs> fuck radio. They they don't, you know. And, and fuck the fucking rock radio fans with the fucking monster energy tattoos and the the fucking five finger death punch CDs. Fuck them. They don't even get it anyways, you know. Uh, because you know, and so when 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 they got rid of that. And just kind of started doing something a little bit more organic and something a little bit more honest. I was like, see, here we go. This is what I'm talking about. And I, and I knew they had it in them. And I was so happy, you know, the last couple of records that they kind of got to that. But at the same time, when you see them at Rock, Oklahoma, I get having to play those singles. Right. You know, because, uh, you know, if you play Burning, that's just, it's too... It's too over their heads. It's too good. They <laughs> just go, uh, uh, uh. I, you know, there, there's no knuckles dragging. I don't get it. <laughs> so that's why, and that's why they're bigger in year in the UK. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I like that direction, but, but still, on this on the human condition, everything is still way better than. Blame it on the boom boom or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm probably harping on that too much, so I'll shut up. Well, at the same time, on the flip side of that, like to play devil's advocate, if those songs didn't exist, they might not have got that. Yeah, they, yeah, they would bump to be exact, on these festivals. They wouldn't get the bump. Be, so, so exact. And you're right. Yeah. You're totally right. So, what do I know? You know, um, and people but, might say, "Well, that's a crappy way to like do it," but it's like that doesn't mean they wrote like you know, blame it on the boom boom. Just to get on, you know, the radio, maybe exactly. they legitimately love it as much as they love, you know, burning or exactly. And you know, again, and if from we this ever album, got anything. a member <laughs> of that band on this podcast, which I hope we would one day, I I, I would try to bring that up, but I w- I would do it in a diplomatic, respectful way, right? But it's just that's it, I think that discussion is interesting. Yeah, but but yeah, you you have a point. I mean, if it wasn't for all those for those hits, then so just I I'm I'm just the fucking I'm just the music snob so fuck me <laughs> and 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 so there therein you have that 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 line you straddle yeah you know when you do this kind of shit so yeah there you go when I actually when I saw the the song list and I saw the chain I thought that it was going to be a Fleetwood Mac cover that's Jesus the, before I thought about Don't Bring Me Down being a cover but it wasn't and the chain was cool <laughs> those are some cool lyrics so check that out. App for the times, but ride I think is fucking great. It's it's fast and like the solo section is almost like metal. Oh you know? yeah, like it, it's kind of like old school or maybe new wave or British heavy metal metal. Oh yeah. So I thought that was really fucking great. So yeah, yeah. Ring, I, ring I will definitely my... be listening to this album over and over. Yeah. Make no mistake. Ringing in my head is a great track. Yes. Yeah, so check out The Human Condition if you have not yet. just came out this past week from Blackstone Cherry. All right, so someone that we have had on this podcast on multiple occasions. Yes. Is Scattered Hamlet. And they just dropped their brand new single this past Friday as well. Bunch of bands. We didn't even mention that. We can here in a bit, maybe. But a bunch of bands released new singles. Oh, yeah. No shit. This past Friday. And one of them being Scattered Hamlet. So let's just jump into this. This song is called Black Flag. I like it. Broken bones, the bad moon rising. Bad guitar, the rhythm keeps driving. 
Flag, I like it. Brand new single from Scattered Hamlet. It's going to be on their forthcoming EP that comes out in just like less than three weeks now, November twentieth. Right. So be on the lookout for that. But in typical Scattered Hamlet fashion, this song is catchy, groovy, ballsy as hell. You know, Adam it, Joe just has full attitude. It gets stuck in your head. Right, and every band you ever loved is mentioned in this song. Well, no, not if you love Five Finger Death Punch. Okay. Why are we harping just, on that? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Just keep going. <laughs> fuck that band. Hey, we've had the discussion before. That, I know, but... That, you know, we've tried to be more respectful. I tried. Because... I fucking tried. Because, you know, they're they're like like Jamie Josta says, you know, they're a, they're a gateway band that might bring in a kid, then all of a sudden that kid's going to start listening to... Yeah. You know, hate breed they're, or they're Slayer hear, or whatever. They're going to hear the song that had Jost on it and go, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh, shit. Listen to hate breed. <laughs> I get it, and you're right, but motherfuck, it's hard, dude. It's real hard. Right. Because this band sucks fucking dick. <laughs> you know, it, Jesus, dude. I don't even know. Uh, how are we? But who doesn't suck dick is Scattered Animal. Yeah, exactly. This is what we need to get, <laughs> we need to get back to. Right. Here. Like you said, they... Shout-outs here to, you know, everyone from Waylon Jennings to Social Distortion. To Dimebag and Down. Yeah, and of course, Lutch. Black Flag in the title. Right. Social D. Willie Nelson. These are off the top of my head. I can't remember. There's Matter a of fact, when we're done with this, I need to go start up that grill, and we should put some Black Flag and some fucking Leonard Skinner on. Oh, yeah, he does shout-out Leonard Skinner, right? too. And just, we should yeah, just rotate. Th- yeah, rotate those two. That's it. That's a great plan. Okay. And that's a band that like I don't <laughs> I I've listened to throughout my life, but I never like listened to them enough. I guess if right. that's a good way to put it. Like I you know, they're just if I'm listening to something from that era, I'd usually go back to the misfits or Exactly. You know, I got into the dam this past year or more, but Regardless, that's kind of, we're getting on another tangent in the middle of our Adam Joad. But I think Adam Joad is a man of tangents himself. Yes, he would appreciate this. <laughs> and I assume they picked Black Flag as the title because I know that that's one band. I remember them even saying that Black Flag and Misfits are like two of yeah. the few bands that every band member, at least at the time, you know, they've had some changes over yeah, the years. Could agree on. Could agree on. And I think, I'm pretty sure Adam Joad has the Black Flag tattoo right. amongst his other many but Killer I also tattoos, like but... when, you know, there's that side of Adam Jode and Scattered Hamlet, but I also like when they're like, you got to bend them strings. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. if you're not bending them strings, you're not doing anything. Yeah. You got to have that soul. That's right. But this song, like we just said, it's a killer song, so check it out. It's got a video for it and everything. Follow Scattered Hamlet on Facebook and Twitter. If for some reason, you do not. I don't have the numbers here with me, but the full band has been on here. I believe twice, and then Adam Jode has been on here another time by himself, right. maybe twice by himself, because I'm pretty sure it's four times total. Yeah. And, well, you remember then we had him with Del Diver last yes, year? Yes, that was great. Yeah, when Scattered Hamlet yep. and Grind played the Shrine in 2019. So, yeah, once touring picks back up, I guarantee you Scattered Hamlet will be out, because they're always a road band. Excellent live band. So check this out on November 20th. Check out the whole EP. And we'll probably be talking about that when that happens as well. 
All right. Is there, well, let's just, yeah, give a shout out real quick to these, uh, singles that came out. One of which being Soil Work, which was killer. That was a good one. And that was called, what, Between the Darkness and the Devil, or? Dude. I mean, it was, it was, I was surprised. I, I mean, I, I lined them all up and listened to them yeah. all at work yesterday. Are, and if my memory is fucked, I apologize. <laughs> but the, the Rob Zombie song's fucking great. Oh, yeah. The Hatebreed song's fucking great. Well, step back. The Rob Zombie, like, I've always liked everything he's put out, even the lesser yeah. Yeah. stuff I didn't care as much about. But that last album, which I can't even remember the name of it because every album title has 14 words yeah. in it. But the last one that came out like two or three years ago wasn't like a return to what he was doing in the 90s, but it still had a cooler feel, I thought, than the last few albums. Right. But this new song almost harkens really? back to White Zombie. It does. Or, the, first, know, or the Hellbilly Deluxe album. What's funny is Melissa and I watched a video last night, and he's got the old hat on. Oh, really? It's like he even, oh man, it even harkens back to that, you know, just with the hat in the video, which doesn't mean anything, because the music is what's most important. Yeah. But I just, I got a kick out of that. The hat you know, I asked him for it one time. Huh? But, right? Yeah. And see, I, I've always been kind of an educated horses cat. Yeah, that's cool. I, I mean, love that record, and yeah. I think it's their most kind of organic record, and I dig that. But this new song is great, so, you know, uh, I, I'm on the Rob Zombie train. It's all good. Yeah. It's funny, like, the I was digging through comments on, I don't remember if it was their Facebook post about it or something, and... One of the comments was, this is my favorite song I've heard since Educated Horses. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, even John Five's tone, you know, like, the dude's like a master guitarist, mm-hmm. but I've spoke about it on here before that I've always, whenever they play White Zombie songs live, it just doesn't have that same feel as, like, Jay's tone, mm-hmm. which doesn't have to. It's a different guitarist, a different band, but... right. The, the music in this almost harkens to White Zombie a little bit to me. So That's that's great. Yeah. So check that one out if you haven't. There's also Crowbot released a single. That was a good one. And it's a Christmas it's, song. It's a different one, kind of weird, but that was cool. Well, yeah, I, I saw that there's going to be, it's called, uh, or What Child Is This? You know, mm-hmm. And their Christmas song, and there's going to be, I don't know if it's an EP or an album that's coming out, like a compilation that this is a part of. And it's got several... Other bands, I think, from this, it's all from the same record label, I think. Might be a label thing, but there's a new Gilby Clark song. I did not listen to that. It's pretty cool. It's got Nikki Six and Stephen Perkins to round out the three piece on that one. Okay. And, but it's, you know, it's your typical Gilby Clark, you know, kind of Rolling Stonesy rock and roll. Right. Then there's a new one from, that I know you didn't listen to from Filter and from Ministry. Let me see. There's a new Slash song, and it's Slash, just Slash. This isn't Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Right. It's just a song called Where Do I Begin, theme from Love Story. Which I don't know if that's a movie or what, but it's a, just an instrumental thing, which is really cool. And then there was, of course, the Mr. Bungle album came out. We're going to talk about that on the next episode. Right. And there's a few other things. Like I said, Soil Work and Bruce Springsteen, regardless. Right. We'll talk about all that next time. I think it's time to get into some Saul. I think you're right. We're starting to ramble now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Saul's brand new album, Rises Equals, came out the week before Halloween, so about a week and a half ago now. If you haven't heard that yet, check it out. This is normally the part where we would kind of talk about it a bit, but I'm going to tell you, go to our YouTube page, at The Thunder Underground. Right. We talked about it in a video there. Probably three weeks or so ago, we got, we're fortunate enough to get an advanced copy, so we put that up on YouTube. So if you just go to our webpage, which is at Ethan Underground, it'll be the second video down under our new Alter Bridge review. Exactly. For Walk the Sky 2.0 that comes out this Friday. So check both those out. But yeah, mainly check out the Saw one where we give our thoughts on the, the new album. It's a great, great hard rock album. And we've got this talk with Blake Bedsall. Something else like random I want to throw in when we, you know, we talk in this interview about Chris Dawson, who produced the album, is their manager, all this stuff. And he was the guitarist for Seasons After. I know we've mentioned this on the podcast a few times, anytime Doyle comes up. Yeah, the two episodes, the the lost episodes. Yeah, we recorded them both within the same 
few days or week. And there was a couple other ones, but I had already, I think, got whatever other one we had recorded up that week. And then we had Doyle and the singer Tony of Seasons After. And both those got lost on my laptop. And I right. did everything I could and even called like people I knew that were computer gurus. Yeah. They told me what to do and I still couldn't get it recovered. Right. But it Chris Dawson was on that, like a few, like he had a few comments during exactly. that. Exactly. And the Doyle one didn't matter because that guy was a fucking asshole. So. Well, I wanted that one so bad so we could, so like, we could fuck with it. Yeah. yeah. So we could make, stretch this five minute interview into yeah. a 45 minute episode. Which we would have. We yeah. would have, yeah, yeah. We were going to get JP. It was going to be a great time. Yeah. It, <laughs> it would have been brutal, uh, which we wouldn't have done if he was there in person because he would have clobbered us. <laughs> right. But, anyways. But on the flip side of that, the one with Tony of Seasons yes. After was great. Chris Dawson was sitting there as well, eating his dinner while we were interviewing Tom. Yeah, he had Tony, like Doritos sorry. and shit. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, it was, I Dur- guess, a uh, sandwich and Doritos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's one of these days we need to get Chris on here to talk about all the production work he's been doing. and For he's, sure. He's worked with a lot of bands besides Seasons, not Seasons After, besides Saul as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, Saul, it's like, if you, if you love, you know, Seven Dust, Nonpoint, that, that kind of octane feel, this band is right up your fucking alley. Yeah. And, you know, seasons after even, this is it. So, you know, we really hope you guys uh, dig this one. Yeah. Straight ahead, catchy, groovy, hard rock. It's great production, great sound, great vocals, great guitars. So modern. That's right. Let's jump into this. Here's Blake Bedsall of Saul. guys got Rise is Equal coming out here in a couple weeks. Was this something I assume you guys had completed prior to the pandemic and it got pushed back or like how did that whole process go? Yeah, you know, we had most of it done prior to the pandemic. Um, our original release date was going to be around in August sometime um, is what we were thinking. But when everything hit, you know, uh, the label got a hold of us and asked if we'd be interested in doing a couple more songs. Um, and so we just, we got back to writing and, you know, it's, it's, they're really the last four songs we did for the record are are my favorite. Um, you know, one being King of Misery was the very last song we wrote and recorded and, uh, yeah, it's our new single. So yeah, it it, it worked out. Yeah. It's funny the way those work out. Sometimes the last one you record for the album ends up being the lead single. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, was it kind of agonizing to wait to get it out there after all this time with the success of Brother last year and everything? It was, you know, it definitely was. It was hard to, um, you know, sit back and not really have another, you know, song on the radio, you know, another single pushing. Um, because after, you know, Trial by Fire, you know, it peaked out at 30 on, on uh, the charts. And then we just kind of were waiting for the record. And then all of a sudden everything hit and we just had to wait, uh, you know, a little bit longer. How does that affect your, uh, you know, the momentum or, you know, your morale going into this, wanting to keep that momentum going? You know, it it does. It does affect us. You know, I I think like, uh, you know, like the pandemic depression is a real thing. Um, We definitely kept busy, you know, trying to write songs. And we still have some songs on the back burner that we're working on. But, um, you know, with everything shutting down, it shut down, you know, the tour we're supposed to be on with Hell Yeah and All That Remains. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a buzzkill there for a while, but, um, you know, we just got back to work and just kept plugging. Do you think some, like the momentum you guys had going with brother last year and the trial by fire and everything, do you think that'll be something easy to recapture once touring starts again? Or, I mean, have you really thought about that? Yeah. You know, I think it will. I think it will. There's a, there's a big buzz going uh, with King of Misery right now. Um, currently, you know, four weeks in, we're sitting at 28. Um, on the chart. So, I mean, it's climbing. It's, it's our highest ranking song right now. And it's, uh, they said it's, it's still moving up. Um, so I think the buzz is definitely still there. Um, you know, losing a little momentum during the pandemic, we still try to keep relevant, did a lot of Facebook, uh, activity, a lot of social media stuff. Um, we did uh, some live streams. 
We were fortunate enough to play four shows last year or, or this year, sorry. And, uh, you know, so we're definitely trying to keep that buzz alive. Talk about working with uh, Morgan Rose on Inside. Yes, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Morgan's an awesome dude. Um, and, you know, right right off the bat meeting him, um, he just walk, he just walks into the studio. We're already sitting there kind of, you know, jamming a little bit and waiting for him to show up. And he just, what's up, dudes? You know, comes in, gives us all hugs and stuff right away. So right off the bat, it was like a brotherly, like, vibe. We, you know, we felt good working with him. And uh, to see him actually, you know, perform in the studio, lay down the drums for the track, I mean – it was something I wanted to see for a long time, and actually being there witnessing it for one of you know our songs was was amazing. Right. I mean, what what do you tell a drummer like that, or or did you tell it tell him anything, or just let him go? It really, we pretty much just let him go, you know, because yeah. uh, he comes in, you know, Zach's got the the monster riff, you know, that was going for the song, and Morgan's just like, all right, I got an idea, and he laid down the whole track in one take and we're just like dude you killed it that was one and done and i mean that's why you're morgan freaking rose but you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah it was awesome so that was literally the first time you met him you guys hadn't played with seven dust at any point or anything nope nope it was just it was by happenstance you know getting a hold of him i i just got a wild hair and you know i was just like you know let's see if morgan wants to do a to, do a track with us and I ended up getting a hold of uh one of his buddies and he's like yeah you know let's you know get a three-way call going so he pulled Morgan in on the call. And he's like, yep, I'm game. He's like, I'm open this date. Let's make it happen. And it was just that fast. Nice. When you said you guys recorded four more songs, was one of them Welcome to the Machine? Or was that something that was already set for the album? That was that was already set for the album. You know, we've actually, um, even when Zach and I were back in, you know, being a three-piece band, uh, Welcome to the Machine was something we played live. Um, it was we loved, we loved the track. Um, we definitely dove in and made it a little more ours. Uh, we shortened the song, you know, down to a little over four minutes um, because the original one's like seven or something like that. And um, back when we we used to perform it, we kept it. It was like six and a half, seven minutes long when we did it. And we really shortened it up and tried to make it our own on this one. And the cool thing was Roger Waters himself approved the track. So I was kind of blown away about that. Wow. How, how, how did you get in touch with uh, Roger Waters? That's that's pretty impressive. That was very, yeah, well, it was, you know, through the channels of, uh, you know, Spine Farm and Universal Records, and right. they got a hold of him, and he got a hold of the track, and he's like, yep, yep, it's 100% go, I approve it, so it was, it was very awesome to have that. Wow, that's yeah, that's got to feel amazing. <laughs> yeah, especially, I'm a, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, so it, it was awesome. Do you have, I mean, obviously you guys had this song down if you'd been playing it for years, but... When you go in to record a song like that from such a legendary band that people are so attached to, do you have any reservation or were you worried about it all? Or are you just like, we've got this, let's go? You know, there's always definitely some doubt. You never know if you're going to get backlash or say like, oh, you ruined Pink Floyd for me or, you know, you know what people say. And um, But with this one, we've been playing it for so long and we've had such a great feedback from it for from the years of playing it that, you know, we just felt comfortable in going in and just doing what we wanted to with it and you know and especially after roger gave us the the heads up we just knew we we did it justice and he was happy with it yeah but talk about working with chris dawson i'm a big fan of seasons after and i know he's done a lot of you know work in the past couple years with bands such as yourself like what's he what did he bring to saul to kind of help you guys get to where you're at now chris brings a lot i mean that guy is a one-stop shop for pretty much anything you need as a band um anything from you know, writing, recording, you know, producing, graphic design, freaking website design and launch. I mean, music videos. I mean, he shot the brother music video. And I mean, he, he's a one stop shop. He can do literally everything and he does it well. He's meticulous. And he's like, uh, what's the word? Kind of anal about it, I guess. And uh, that's the best part about it, because he only wants the best going out. And he's he's amazing to work with. Um, Zach and I are probably on the phone with him at least 15 times a week. And we're just rapping about what we got to do here and do here. And he's always ready to pick up the work and run with it. And it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm glad, definitely glad we have him on our team. Is he almost like, he's not your manager, is he? He is. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's gotta be kind of like a, a good thing to have someone with that much broad of a range, you know, to be able to work with you that way. 
Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, originally he started off and he didn't want to be our manager. He just didn't want the responsibility. But um, after Brother started blowing up and us, you know, berating him for like a month, uh, he decided to finally take it. Um, and you know, he just wor- he works his butt off for us all the time. Was that did that connection come from one of you guys knowing him, or did someone suggest him to you early on, or how did that come about? So we've always been a big fan of Seasons After. You know, when Cry Little Sister came out and that blew up, um, uh, back in the day we got to play, we opened a show for him. And, you know, and we didn't really know him at the time. We just knew, you know, Chris Dawson and, you know, and Jimmy and the the guys. We just knew Seasons After. Um, And it was actually through a mutual friend of ours. On their last tour, uh, our buddy of ours, uh, Jared Rule, the guy that actually drummed uh, the song Brother, um, was touring with them. And he was like, you got to check these guys out. We just released the song "The Toll," and uh, he, Jared, played it for the guys in, in seasons after, and they're all like, "Holy cow, man! This is a slamming song." Chris got a hold of it, got a hold of us, and said, "Hey, man, I want to, you know, mix and master and, and and do some songs with you guys." And you know, the rest is pretty much history from there. And we were like, you know, brothers and you know, work partners. That's great. Shifting gears a little bit here. Uh... Talk about what you've been doing to keep your voice in shape without, you know, without without being able to play a lot of shows this year. Right, right. Well, one thing, I mean, um, uh, I've been, I was working with Melissa Cross. She just uh, been, she's been dealing with some family issues, you know, as of late. Um, and, uh, but I, I definitely, I started working with Melissa Cross. She's a classic, you know, the 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 metal vocalist specialist and so um you know i got hooked up with her through david draymond of disturbed and you know we started working and diving in and then she you know started you know having these issues um and then uh so i've kind of just taken a break on that you know we spent a lot of time we're just working we got a new tour bus so we've just been working on that um as far as vocal training i just i just do the warm-ups and and just you know try to keep it in shape myself Right, right. Well, you know, when you're starting out, you know, you've got well, you've got different styles of vocals, and, and you know, and did all that come naturally? Was it you know one one before the other, the clean or the gruff, or you know, how, how did that evolve? I guess I don't really know. I don't really have the answer to that. Um, uh, I guess I just just don't know how to do it any other way. I guess. Um, uh, Definitely. Yeah, it definitely started more clean. But, uh, you know, Zach, Zach always wanted me to sing a lot cleaner. Um, and I always wanted to go a little more, you know, like Chad Gray ish, you know, and, and go a little more that route. But uh, um, definitely, I guess I just tried to tried to do them both and just kept trying to perfect it. And, you know, I guess I don't really have a clean answer for that. Did you have like any vocal training early on or is like Melissa the first person you've ever worked with in that capacity? Yep, very first person. I've never, I've never had vocal training before. Um, you know, if I was smart, I would have started it way early. Um, but uh, I guess I just didn't really have access to that, or I guess I didn't really look into it. I just went for it, and uh, you know, so far it's working. And uh, hopefully, I can, you know, get back with Melissa here uh, soon, and you know, perfect my craft. Do you have like early on? Was there like one or two people that? made you think this is what I want to do. I want to be a vocalist, that kind of thing. Right. Well, you know, I guess not necessarily, you know, right off the bat, I, my mindset was I wanted to be a bass player. Um, but then I realized how like loserly and like nobody likes bass players. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I, I gave that up for the, you know, the, the lead status. No, it really came down to uh, Zach and I were in a three piece um, and we wanted to get a vocalist. And uh, I don't know, probably 10 or so people came and auditioned and and I just said, you know, I think I can do it better than these guys. And and then I just started diving in and, and doing it. And that's, you know, that's where we ended up. And so did, when you just started doing it, was it like a pretty natural feeling or did you feel like you had to work on it a bit to get where you wanted to be? I guess I I mean, definitely. I mean, it's a craft that you definitely have to work on. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess more or less it came pretty naturally. But uh I'm definitely trying to perfect it, you know, you know, all the time, just getting better and better. But uh, um, definitely right off the bat, I think it was more of a natural, natural thing. Gotcha. You know, as as a singer, who were your uh, 
lack of a better term, you know, your influences and who are your go-to guys. Like that's, that's what, that's what a singer is, you know? Right. Right. Well, my number one go-to, I think he's the, the best vocalist out there. I'm a huge fan of Maynard James Keenan. Um, super talented. Uh, you know, I'll guess I'll, I'll ramble off a couple. Um, for cleans, I definitely go with Maynard. Um, for like my heavy screaming, I like the Chad Gray type of vibe. Um, I'm a huge fan of like the the raspiness, but the the intensity of like Chester Bennington. Um, you know, and and then I'm I'm a huge fan of like Eddie Vedder. You know that gnarly gnarl sound. You know, but uh, yeah, those those are probably my four go to guys. Right, right. We'll never admit to being a very big Lincoln Park fan, but from the beginning, I, there's there's no doubt that Chester Bennington was just a powerhouse singer. I just I, I even saw him live. It was just insane how good that guy was. Oh man, he was super talented. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I can't say that I'm like the like you. I'm not like the biggest Lincoln Park fan, but just for the talent and like when I hear the song, you know it's Lincoln Park. It always sounds good, you know. I mean, so I mean, he's definitely an amazing vocalist. Oh yeah. Well, this might be kind of a you know, it's kind of a dumb question, but you know, working in a band with your brother, we're not heading towards any kind of Black Crows or Oasis situation down the line, are we? Uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, you know, Zach knows that I, you know, I'm the boss. He says that every day. He just comes in. He just says, you're the boss, Blake. What are we doing? Um, no, I mean, we work really well together. Uh, he's actually sitting right here next to me. And, uh, okay. uh you know, so we, we, we do everything together, you know? So, uh, I, I really wouldn't want to be in a band with anybody else. I guess I don't know what it'd be like. I've never been in a band with anybody else, but, um, we're definitely usually always on the same page. And, and if we're not, I mean, it's, it's a quick little workout, you know what I mean? Of, of making it right between the both of us. Um, so, I mean, it's always, it's always good. Well, I guess, yeah, being in a band with anyone for a long time, especially having the connection of being a br- your brother, does that, when you guys perform together now, is it almost just like the chemistry is just natural and you don't even have to think about what you guys are doing together? Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, I mean, with Will, you know, our bass player and, uh, and, and Miles, I mean, it's becoming, it's becoming a natural thing. Um, we know when the song Don't Close Your Eyes comes on stage, you do not go on Will's side of the stage because he will base spin you in the face. Um, and there's just things, you know, little quirks that we're figuring out all the time, but it's definitely natural. And I, I guess we have a really tight bond between us in the band. So, I mean, everything comes pretty naturally. Has that happened to you yet, getting hit by the bass? It's almost <laughs> happened to Zach a couple times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Will got so mad at him one time because – Oh, uh, we were up on stage and, and Will Will screams at Zach right off the bat before Don't Close comes on. He's like, do not come on my side of the stage. <laughs> and then Zach, you know, being a smart aleck, walks over there. Will spins, man, almost cracks him right in the face. It was it wow. was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside, I mean, obviously you, you guys are getting this album geared up and you've had singles this year. But outside of the promotion for the band, have you been spending your personal time during the pandemic? Really just kind of working on, you know, uh, you know, when the pandemic first hit, I was, I don't know, I guess kind of like depressed or whatever. Um, but uh, so I put on like, I don't know, 50 pounds or something like that coming fat. So uh, lately I've just been working out a lot. Um, like I said, we, we bought that. We bought a new tour bus and Zach and I gutted it. So we're, we're building bunks and, you know, new couching and uh, kitchenette area. Um, just kind of staying busy doing work like that. Gotcha. Well, I got a quick story for you. It's not really a question, but I'm good friends with Dusty Grant and Sprout. And yes, two years ago in 2018, when we were, I went on tour with them driving and selling merch and everything. Chris sent Dusty for your guys tracks early on and said, you guys listen to these. What do you think? Let let me know what your favorite ones are. And, you know, we checked out those four songs that we were driving, and I can't remember what we told him was our favorite, because it's been two and a half years ago, but just wanted to let you know that, and it was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I know, because we did that. We were we were trying to figure out what our first single was going to be. We didn't even know if it was going to be Brother. So we all picked out a, a handful of, you know, we each picked three to five guys that we trusted, and it was cool that, that it was Dusty and you were there. That That's really cool. Yeah. 
Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time with us today and looking forward to the full album coming out here in a couple weeks. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go, Blake Bedsall of Saul. Huge thank you to John Freeman of Freeman Promotions. And, of course, a massive thank you to Blake from Saul for sitting down there and talking to us for a bit. We recorded that one, and it's probably been right over a month ago now. We're so right. backed up. Yeah, we got which, all kinds of shit going on. Which is a, a great thing. So we can't complain about that. If this is your first time listening to us, we appreciate it. Like Jason mentioned before that interview, if you're a fan of Saul, you probably like Seven Dust, because actually Morgan Rose is on this album. Exactly. We've had John Connolly on this podcast. We've had on members of Saving Able, Nonpoint, Shinedown, Kitty, Clutch, Dead, Avatar, Trapped. Podcast can be heard pretty much everywhere you can hear podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube at The Thunder Underground. We also had on members of Guns N' Roses and Freaking Kiss. So check all those out. You can listen directly on our website, TheThunderUnderground.com. You can also find all our social medias there. So click on them, like them. Any post you see, like or comment, that always helps as well. And when he says kiss, we don't mean like, Mark St. John and Vinnie Vincent. We're talking Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick, god damn it. That's right. God damn right. <laughs> and one day, Eric Singer. I hope. We could have a member of KISS, Black Sabbath, and Badlands all at once. And Lita Ford. That's right. But yeah, so check all that stuff out. I think I was going to say something else, but I forgot. It doesn't matter at this point. Once again, a huge thank you to Blake Bedsall of Saul and Freeman Promotions. Hell Hot Hot Sauce, DEB Concerts, Med Farm, and Sunset Tattoo. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.